0: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Thank you, Brother Joel. That was a good job. Appreciate Brother Joel and the worship team leading tonight. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Well, praise God. We're glad you're here tonight. Thank you for coming out, and coming and receiving of the Word of God. We bless each and every one of you. I want to make a few announcements. Uh, Thursday, September 17th at 1145, the Young at Heart and uh, the singles, SWAT, will be picnic and bowling at 1145. You can see Sister Carolyn Williams or Sister K about that. And then also the singles will be meeting uh, game night at Word of Grace September 18th at 630. You can see Sister Kay about that. Also, uh, this Saturday, the 19th at 730, the singles will be meeting here. The singles who want to go on a canoe trip. Uh, everybody shout out, whoa, hallelujah, You're going to be having a canoe trip and a meeting here at 730. And so we bless you. May God energize you and get you through. And so uh, uh, they're going to be having a good time with that. So you can see Sister Cindy uh, about that. And then the ISO youth this Saturday, September 19th, will be meeting here at 1230, going rock climbing in Lafayette. And then Gracetown kids sat this Saturday, also on the 19th from 10 to 1, will be going to Chunky Cheese Day. And so there's a lot of things going on. Uh, make sure you get the calendars. Uh, We've got new things coming up, things that we believe to get you in smaller groups to get to know more people and encourage each other and just be blessed. So if you have any questions, just you can see that and also get on the bulletin and the website and see all the different events that are coming and uh, that will be coming up. If you have your Bibles, please look with me in 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want to read this to you out of the Living Translation. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7. 1 Timothy 4, verse 7. The first beginning of that says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Listen to what it says. Instead, train yourself. Say that with me. Train yourself. Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and... And the life to come. Sunday night we taught on eternity. And the life to come. Verse 9. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard. And continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God. Who is the Savior of all people and particularly of all believers. Verse 11. Teach these things. And insist that everyone learn them. That's why we got all these different classes and... And all the different things going on. Because the Lord says, insist, teach them and insist they learn them. Verse 12, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. And this is for everyone. Listen to this. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, and your purity. Be an example in what you say in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus. And that's what you're doing here tonight. Focus on reading the Scriptures to the church. You heard that? Focus on reading the Scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers, and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift received through prophecy, spoken over you when the elders of the church laid hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Verse 16 says, keep a close watch on how you live. He goes back to how you live. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. How many of you know that the Christian walk, the Word of God, is a high responsibility? It's to be in our focus. It's to be our number one priority. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. That's why I I, I bless you tonight. I'm so thankful you take the time to come on a Wednesday night. Sunday morning and a Sunday night. And you come to the gatherings. And you get a hold of the Word of God. Because the Word of God says to be teaching them. And and we're here teaching you. But you've got to show up to be taught. And you've showed up tonight. And I just bless you. And I believe that there's something deeper going to happen into lives. You know... We want to believe in, we want to see a church that each believer is so strong and founded and focused on not just what they believe, but on how they live. And getting the Word of God on the inside of us is how we get strength in our inward man to where we're able to live out the Word of God and be the Word made flesh, dwelling in Pineville, Alexandria, in central Louisiana. God wants to put the Word of God, His Word, so much into our hearts that our lives exhibit that, and we walk in that Word. But we're responsible to train ourselves. We're responsible to be in church and to hear the reading of the Word. We're responsible to let the five-fold ministry uh, encourage us and bless us and teach us. And so I just want to encourage you, what, what Paul was saying here, focus on the Word. Focus on being taught focus. I hope you bring your notes or you listen on the internet or you get the CD and you, you get Bible. There's Bibles with the different translations and become a student of the Word of God so that God can bless you in all that you do. Because what makes life different than anyone else's life, because on TV, those poor people's lives are empty and void. Out in the world, life is empty and void. I went heartbroken to bed. My wife and I went heartbroken last night, seeing some of the things we saw about people uh, on TV and I do not want to trade places with anybody in the world. I want to follow Jesus. And so I want to encourage you tonight, sell out. If you're not totally sold out yet, tonight you can sell out and be dedicated to live for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. With us just come forward, we're going to receive this afternoon's offerings and tithe. And Father, we do rededicate our lives, our thoughts, our words, our lifestyle, the way we live. Lord, we rededicate it all to you. Comforter and teacher guide Lead us and move upon our heart In areas to grow and mature That we may glorify you In all we say and all that we do And how we do it And we pray and ask this In Jesus name Amen God bless you tonight
1: To the cross I look To the cross I cling. Of its suffering I do drink Of its work I do sing On it my Savior Both bruised and crushed Show that God is love And God is just Oh, at the cross you Beckon me Draw me gently To my knees And I am lost for words So lost in love I am Sweetly broken Holy surrender To you We surrender to you God. What a priceless gift undeserved life have I been given through Christ crucified Oh you've called me out of death You called me into life And I was under your wrath Now through the cross I'm reconciled Through the cross you beckon me Draw me gently to my knees And I am lost for words so lost in love I am sweetly broken, wholly surrendered in all the cross I must confess Oh, how wondrous you redeem in love and how great is your faithfulness At the cross you beckon me, draw me gently To my knees and I am Lost for words so Lost in love I am Sweetly broken Only surrendered At the cross you Beckon me Draw me gently To my knees and I am Lost for words so Lost in love I am Sweetly broken, holy surrender We surrender to you Oh, we surrender to you, God Sweetly broken, God Come and break our hearts, break our hearts at the cross, you beckon me draw me gently to my knees and I am lost for words so lost in love I am sweetly broken fully surrendered hallelujah let's give the
0: Lord praise hallelujah thank you Jesus Praise God. Well, are you blessed tonight? Amen. Amen. We want to welcome you. Welcome everybody by the internet. We appreciate you joining in. And if you have your Bibles, we want to go to the book of Acts chapter 2. We've been studying for quite a while now on discipleship. And uh, we've got into an area last week that I just want to touch for a few minutes and then go into the next point. And... Uh, We want to look at this scripture about Jesus that we want to believe it's for us too in Acts chapter 2 verse 22. Acts chapter 2 verse 22. It says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves know. Everybody say with me approved. How many want to be approved by God? You know, it it speaks many times about us being approved by God. But there is also another places where it talks about not, not only being disapproved, but disqualified. Paul says that I don't want to run this race and take the risk of being disqualified. And what we want to establish in discipleship and what the Lord wants to establish in His church is a people that we will not find ourselves disqualified at the end of our lives or any area of our lives or ministry, but we will be wholly accepted unto him amen be accepted unto the lord and so this word qualified means accredited by god it means to point out how many of you would just to love that god would just point out say this is my son in whom i'm well pleased this is my daughter accredited to point out it means to put on display god told satan have you considered my servant job he put job on display that you do everything you can, but he will not curse me. I'll know my Son. A test, a credit, sanction, certify, endorse, it means that God has put a stamp of approval, demonstrating and showing all men that Jesus is accepted. And the word says that we are accepted in the beloved. So aren't you thankful that through Christ we can be accepted uh, in, in the eyes of God? Amen. That our offerings are acceptable. Our love is acceptable. Our walk is acceptable. Our talk is acceptable. And so we want to walk in these areas. And I shared with you last week, and I just want to finish just a few points, in the area of discipline. Which discipline means to exercise self-control. And one of the great things about the word discipline, it means abstinence of excuses. How many of you know we are a society that we can lay on the excuses? You know, I don't feel good. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I don't have it in me. I don't think I should. I don't see it that way. Uh, I don't have it. Where the woman with the oil told the prophet, I don't have anything. He says, go get what you got and watch God multiply it. So there's no room. In the faith, there are no excuses. Look at your neighbor and say, no excuses. So that's that word discipline. Abstinence from excuses. Being steadfast. How many of you know the Word of God says being steadfast, unmovable, shout out with me, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Having a balanced life without falling into extremes, Uh, not to be controlled by fleshly desires or passions, not to be slave to vices or wrong conducts. Glutton, oversleeping, and I shared a, a, a few other things with you. Uh, but to contend, to bring our bodies under control and, and uh, live pleasing unto the Lord. Uh, we saw in 1 Corinthians 9, 27 in the Amplified Bible, it says, But like a boxer, I buffet my body. Handle it, I handle it roughly. Discipline it by hardships and subdue it. For fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel, that pertaining to it, I myself should be unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected a counterfeit. He's talking about being able to subdue. And sometimes subdue it roughly. And I shared last week, you know, I shared that, you know, uh, I talked about I go to the gym at 6.40, but then I found out there's a couple here. They're here tonight. They're at the gym at 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning. And then there's another lady here, she's 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, you've got to take your hat off to people that are that determined to stay in shape. Amen? 3 o'clock in the morning. God bless you. But uh, well, they do it. And so many people, well, you know, so many people, first thing you hear people say, well, you know, I couldn't do that. You know, here you hear people say that about fasting. Well, you know, I couldn't do that. Why not? Well, you see, i got this problem. Or, you know, I, I couldn't pray an hour. Why not? Have you ever tried it? No, but I know I couldn't do it. How about I read the Word every day? I could not make myself read the Word every week. Why not? Always excuses. But Paul says, sometimes you've got to be like a boxer. You've got to have the mindset of a soldier. Uh, it's not that I'm going to try to do it, I'm going to do it. You've got to have that character. You've got to have that pull. You've got to have that fire. How many of you know God is wanting to build a body? I mean, in America today, saints, where we're heading, where we're going, we've got to be prepared, church, for what's coming. And we've got to be a disciplined people. We've got to be ready. We've got to be prepared. Plus, Christ is worthy of it. Amen. Amen. So we have to be prepared. Discipline means I am working while others are wasting their time. You know, a lot of people go around teaching on uh, getting debt free. Well... A big part of being debt-free is discipline. Discipline yourself in what you buy. A lot of people talk about how to lose weight. Discipline yourself in pulling away from the plate. Uh, there's a lot of areas we've got to learn to discipline ourselves so we can grow. Amen. Now, I pulled out some notes that we had when we were on the mission field. And it says, Only, I have here some notes. Only a disciplined person who will rise to its highest powers is first able to conquer himself. The words disciple and discipline come from the same root word. A leader is a person who has first submitted willingly and learned to obey a discipline imposed from without, but who then imposes on himself a much more rigorous discipline from within. Not only am I going to take the wisdom or what someone asked me to do, Jesus says, don't just walk one mile, impose yourself to walk two miles. And then it goes on to say, those who rebel against authority and scorn self-discipline seldom qualify for leadership of a higher order. You know, why isn't God promoting me? Why isn't God using me more? Well, this is the questionnaire. How faithful am, have I been in the little things? How faithful have I been in self-discipline for my life where nobody sees it, what nobody knows? The shrink and the rigors and sacrifices demands to reject the... uh, not shrink, but the rigors and sacrifices reject divine disciplines that are involved. Many who drop out of missionary work do so not because they are not sufficiently gifted, but because there are large areas of their lives which they have never brought under the control of the Holy Spirit I reread that in one of our mission manuals And it made me think We had 54 students in our mission class in 1984 A year later when we graduated Only 24 graduated And these were people who were gifted These were assistant pastors Pastors Youth pastors Worship leaders These were people who meant well But when it came to discipline That you're going to have to study To 2 or 3 in the morning And you're going to have 7 tests tomorrow And they go, well, you know what? I'm in the ministry. I shouldn't have to be put under such strongholds. Wait a minute. You enrolled in our school. We don't make rules according to how you feel. We've made the rules because we feel in the years of ministry, we know what's best in how to train our students. And it was amazing how many people who had been in ministry went to the school we went to, and they thought they could tell the teachers how the teachers ought to be teaching. But many times you ask the students, how many churches have you raised up? None. But they could write 50 books on how to raise up a church. How many ministries have you submitted to? Well, I've been a member of eight churches. But, you know, none of them was worth a hoot. Uh Uh-huh, okay. I'm I'm listening to your track record here. How do you expect to be a missionary and go face demonic strongholds and powers and stay and glorify the name of Jesus, sometimes where others have never gone before, if you've never learned self-discipline and self-sacrifice in your local body when you were asked to clean the restroom pastor you're going to ask me to clean the restroom i'm above that you're going to ask me to help with the parking lot i'm above that you're going to ask me to minister in a nursing home when i should be ministering in this area i'm above that and the thing about what it's saying here if you haven't learned self-discipline where you're asked in the local body or in where you're at how can God expect to you? How do you expect God to promote you and use you and that you will stand the test of time? And this was the vision of the school we went to. This was their vision. We want to discourage you from going on the mission field before you go. Because if we can discourage you, you were never meant to go anyway. We don't want to see God's money wasted by you going overseas. And my wife and I, we've seen couples only last a month. We've seen couples go down there and even become demon-possessed. We've seen couples come back and get divorces. We've seen couples rent a house, buy furniture, buy a car, and only last maybe two or three months. Because they weren't self-disciplined. They had a gift. They had a burden. They had a desire. They read some good books. They heard a missionary. They had a heart to go. But they couldn't take the test of time. And in the area of discipleship, there's areas of our life where we're going to see. He says, okay, you want me to prosper you? If you don't see a change in your finances in giving tithe for the next year, will I find you still tithing next year? If I don't heal you, will you continue to pray for the sick even though you're hurting yourself? Are you able to test tithe? Or am I going to be able to entrust you and encourage others when you're not even able to encourage yourself? Am I going to be able to encourage you to love others when you don't even love your own family when you're alone? I want to build your life up. Can you take the test of time? And so it goes on to say, many, uh, they never learn to follow and it's like, you know, when, when I was a kid, all the neighborhood kids would get together. They didn't have games to play on the inside of the house. We always played outside, so we'd play cowboys and Indians. And someone always had to be the general and captain. And how many of you know everybody fought to be the general and the captain to stand behind the lines to tell the others what to do, but not very many wanted to do the actual fighting? Well, it's still that way in the church, and it's still that way in life. Many people, they want to tell people what to do, but they don't want to do it themselves. And when it comes to a disciple, a disciple ought to be willing to say, you know what? I see this needs to be done. I know someone else may be in charge of doing it, but they're not doing it. But you know what, God? You were willing to wrap yourself in the towel to proclaim before your men that you were a, a, a slave and wash their feet. So even though this is not my responsibility, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to serve on this level even though it's not my place to go. That's what builds big, long-lasting churches. Amen. So, it also goes on to say, the young men of leadership caliber will work while others waste time and study while others sleep and pray while others play. He will without reluctance undertake the unpleasant task which others avoid or the hidden duty which others evade because it evokes no applause or wins no appreciation. We have so many people in this church that do so many different type of ministries and jobs and, and so many times they're not honored or they're, no one is honored or thanked enough for what all they do. There are people in this church that sacrifice and work and do so many things behind the scenes that other people don't do. But God who sees and secret, rewards openly. And that's what this is saying here. You may not win the applause or you may not be seen by everybody what you do, but God sees what you do. And to be encouraged and disciplined, even though it wins no appreciation, a spirit-filled leader will not shrink from facing up to a difficult situation, or persons are grasping the needle that is so necessary. He will kindly and courageously administer rebuke when it is called for, or he will exercise necessary discipline when the interest of the Lord's work demand it. He will not procrastinate in writing letters or telling people what needs to be told. And Amy Carmichael was a woman in India who used to go in and steal young girls who were going to be sacrificed to foreign gods. This is what she wrote. God, harden me against myself. The coward with a pathetic voice who craves for ease, rest, and joy. Myself, a traitor to myself. My howlest friend. My deadliest foe. My clog whatever road I go. What a humble attitude. Lord, help me to harden myself against Myself. Now that's discipline. Another person wrote, The heights by great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they were their compa- but they, while their companions slept, were tolling upward towards the night. How many of you know there there's going to be some sacrifices? I imagine Brother Joel spent some hours just preparing. Someone may think, you know, that was four songs tonight, but that was probably hours. And uh, I don't know if you had an easy day today knowing what you're going to have to do tonight when you're not accustomed to do it in the main service. But a lot of times it's not easy preparing for something like this, that you get up, you put your best into it, and then the devil fights with all kind of thoughts, and, 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 and you feel all kind of different ways, but you plow through, and you're up and you do it again the next service. And the enemy tells you you're not doing any good, and you're not worth anything. You just say, "Devil, you are a liar." God knows my heart. I'm doing it with the best that I can. And no matter what I think, how I think I did, or it doesn't matter how someone else thinks I did, I did it as unto my Father, and I know that He knows what all I put into it. And no matter how other people may grade me, no matter how other people may think about it, no matter how other people may respond towards it, I did it as unto the Lord, and it was an offering for Him amen church and so so many times you know if we do do a good job and we want to do a good job all the time but if we do do a good job what is the push behind us because do we want people to see it and comment about how wonderful it is or do we want to do it because it's best for others and it's pleasing unto the lord now here's a few questions i have for you in the same list for discipline number one if you if you want to reach your potential what do i need to do number one Have you ever broken yourself of a bad habit? Have you ever broken yourself of a bad habit? Lord, I want to be a disciple, okay? Are you disciplined? Well, Lord, what's discipline? Have you ever broken yourself of a bad habit? It takes 21 days to form a habit. Or it takes one day to form a habit and 21 days to break a habit. Three days to form a habit and 21 days to break a habit. Some habits, though, when it's been going on too long, it takes years to break. Months to break, weeks to break. But how many of you know, I believe the Lord is pleased when you can break a habit where you can quit coke? Because it's not good for you. We talk about people and cigarettes, but how about Coca-Cola going through those precious kidneys that Jesus gave you? Ask somebody who comes up for prayer for their gallbladder and they're hurting and they're crying in pain and ask them if God's created a gallbladder to take all the grease of the catfish they eat. And hush puppies and french fries. How much green? Oh, oh, my gallbladder's hurting. How much green have you been eating? Green? I'm not a cow. Are you able to break a bad habit? Well, Pat, I think you ought to be this way. Well, let me ask you this. Are you disciplined in your life, in the area when it comes to your health? Your eating habits. Your living habits. Your sleeping habits. Your talking habits. Do you drink eight bottles of water a day? How many know I'm meddling right now? This is simple, but this is good. Because your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So are you able to break bad habits? Do you want to get healed? Yes. Anoint me and pray for me. Uh-uh. I'm going to give you a diet book. <laughs> it's going to tell you half the stuff you eat eating is no good for you. So break them habits. Look at you and say, break them habits. You have to master yourself. Number two, do you retain control of yourself when things go wrong? Can you control yourself when things go wrong? Number three, do you think independently? Or in other words, do you always have to have someone make decisions for you? Or are you controlled and self-disciplined enough to where you are able to make decisions and, and, and commitments and keep them? Number four, can you use disappointments creatively? Can you use disappointments creatively? Number five, can you be called a peacemaker? Number six, can you be entrusted with handling difficult and delicate situations? Number seven, do you find it easy to make and keep friends? Are you unduly dependent on the praise or approval of others or can you stay steady with confidence and courage even when there are those who stand up against you number nine do you possess tact can you anticipate how to answer in love and ask god and the holy spirit to help you do you possess a strong and steady will how many know we need willpower amen do you nurse resentments or do you readily forgive injuries done to you? Are you reasonably optimistic? Are you positive? Or when people get around you, do they get a negative feel around you? You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of times it's self-discipline and meditating and reading books and praying and reading the Word of God to get positive. I mean, you know, if you spend time with the Holy Spirit, you're going to get positive. He's a builder. Amen. I, I never get around the Holy Spirit and go, I worship you today, Holy Spirit. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. How you doing? Terrible, Russell. I'm doing terrible. The golden streets are so filthy, I can't even see my reflection. I got six angels with broken wings. You stay around the Holy Spirit, you'll take on the character of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Are you in grip of a master passion? As Paul said, this one thing I do. And do you welcome responsibility? Do you welcome responsibility? So how many know the Holy Spirit wants to help discipline us and bring us to areas in our life so that we can be health-pleasing to the Lord? Amen. Now quickly, let me give you uh, some things about purpose. You know, one of the examples I want to give tonight, you know, I love using movies as an example. You know... All of our life, we can either be Clark, Clint, Clark Kent and stay in the telephone booth, or we can open the door and finally come out. You know, if you've been ever watching the, the, uh, the series on TV, Smallville, it's been going on for, I think, seven years. And the, the fellow who plays Superman has still not put on his uniform and flown. I, I quit watching it year, a few years ago because, like, how long are you going to just stay a kid who can run fast, but you can, you can fly, but you're scared, you don't want to get off the farm, and you don't put your uniform on? I mean, come on, if you're Superman, put the S on and get up in the air and be a bullet or a plane or something. But, you know, I mean, it's like this program, it, like I finally got, I told my wife, I said, I'm not watching it anymore. If this guy's Superman, be Superman. Stop hiding everybody else. The women are doing more than he's doing on the program. And they don't even have superpowers. Well, you and I have superpowers. We got the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We got the love of Jesus Christ. We got the anointed word of God. You got a purpose. You got a purpose. And it's not staying in the telephone booth. It's not staying behind somebody saying, I'm just going to let somebody else do it. I don't have what it takes. Come on, jump out there and let God show you that he's got what it takes if you just yield and let him use you. Amen. Purpose is a place where deep gladness meets the world's needs. Deep gladness. I want to use what I've got to help others. It opens the door for direction, motivation, and passion. All created things have a purpose. Amen? Look with me in Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah 1 verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Listen to how you have purpose, every one of you. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is verse 4, now verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Say, he he knows me. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Purpose. Say, purpose. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, oh Lord, behold, here's excuses. I can't speak for I'm a youth. The Lord said to me, don't say that. Don't say that you're a youth. Don't use excuses. Moses says, I stutter. I can't talk. And the Lord said, Moses, don't say that. I'll put the words in your mouth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have this day put my words in your mouth. And then He says, He sets you over kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. How many of you know that's destiny? Amen? Amen. Let me give you this poem. It says, Give me men to match my mountains. Give me men to match my plans. Men with empires in their purpose. Men with eras in their brains. I'm not just thinking about right now. I'm thinking about legacy. I'm thinking about generation to generation. I'm thinking about purpose. I'm thinking about passion. I'm thinking about men with empires in their purpose. Uh, Brother Shane just doesn't think. He has never thought... I'm just going to have a little Sunday school class and we're going to be happy with just a few kids and we're going to have 20 kids in one room and we're just going to thank God that's what we have. But his purpose, 100, 150, 200, building a two, three story building next door for the children and the different children's ministry and youth ministry and just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And when we built this church, we built it to enlarge and continue growing. Why? We weren't thinking about, well, you know, we got 200 people, so let's build an auditorium for 200 people. No, we moved here with 200 people. Bill, we built this auditorium to to hold 560 with the possibility of enlarging for 25 hundred and it's not just the main church but every ministry ought to have that type of vision every ministry ought to have empires in their heart big glorious outstanding excellent amen and so 2 Corinthians 16, 9, we don't have time to look there, but it says that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro to show himself strong on behalf of he whose heart is perfect. That's a disciplined person. That's a person with purpose. And he's looking to see, who is willing to do something big for me? Who is willing to give their self for me and for my plans and my purpose? Uh, Look with me in Revelation chapter 3. Let me show you this right quick. Revelations chapter 3, verse 15. Revelations 3, verse 15. Purpose. It says, I know your works, and they are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you that they were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. How many of you know we don't want to be told that? Amen. Amen. We want purpose and we want what we do for the glory and the excellence of Jesus Christ. In uh, Psalms 139, you can look up it later, but Psalms 139, 13 through 18, David is talking about being formed. You knew me from my mother's womb. You formed me and you fashioned me. Listen, he built you with purpose. And there's purpose in your DNA. There's purpose in in your life. There's purpose in your beginning. You were born, you were made in purpose. In your mother's womb, you were ordained with purpose. And God wants you to find out what you're passionate about and go for that and build that up for His glory. Now look with me in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 verse 1. I want to read this to you in the living and the message. Ephesians 4, verse 1. Therefore, I a prisoner for serving the Lord. Wow, that's that's purpose right there. I a prisoner for serving the Lord. You know, I believe with the messages the Lord's been giving me, I believe God is wanting the church to mature so much. And I believe that God is calling us to wake up, to grow up and mature in our lives. We don't come to church to play church. We are the church every moment of our life. And when you hear Paul, his heart, he says, I'm a prisoner serving the Lord. Everything I do, I want to do pleasing to him. I'm his servant. I want to beckon to his every call. He says, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. If you're an usher, be the best usher you can. When there's usher meetings, you be here. You're tired, but push through. When there's a security meeting, you're here. When there's a worship team leader uh, meeting or when there's another type of ministry, children's ministry or youth ministry, I mean, you be there. That's what he's saying. Lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Just don't do anything. Just don't say, well, you know, anything, do well, you know. I don't have much to say, so, you know, we're just going to see what somebody has, you know. What what do you all think? Oh, retire, will you? What do you, what do you think what to do about this? Are you the leader? Yeah. Then what's your vision? What do you think needs to be done? What's your plan? What's your purpose? What's your passion about that area? It says in verse 2, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now listen to the message translation. It says, in light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up in here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk better yet run. Somebody shout out run. run. Just don't walk. In other words, listen church, don't be half-hearted about what you do in in a ministry, in the local church. What's your job? Oh, I just play the guitar. You ought to say, I worship Jesus with a guitar. What's your job? Lord's got me ministering in the area of security. What's your job? I lead worship for some of the most awesome children that's raising up for this generation to come. What's your job? I'm teaching on divine health and healing and glory to prosperity. What's your job? I'm helping coordinate the the cameras and the computers and working in the sound booth and making sure the internet's to the best quality that it is. He says, "Uh uh-uh, I I said walk, but I take that back. I don't want you just to, just dippity-doo-dog and dippity yay. eye No, I want you to run. I want you ready to put your heart in what you got going. You're working with couples, then you ought to be getting books and getting on the computer and finding out what successful churches are doing and working with couples. You're working with the elderly, find out what's going on and, and work and find books and study things and get ideas for the elderly. Ushers, greeters, uh, security, whatever it, it may be. I mean, just this, this Monday, I ordered all kind of new materials for the new college age. I mean, I don't mind getting involved in that to see, hey, will this encourage you? Will this help you? We want this to be the best that it can be. How many married couples we got in here? How many married couples? Don't be scared. I'm not going to say nothing bad. Well, I I got some videos coming on sex. (laughs) Married couples. And we're going to have food and videos on sex and dating your mates. I figured if food and sex don't get you over here, we may as well shut it down. Yeah. Now there's not going to be any nudity in the videos. Don't get too excited. It's not those type. But we're going to encourage you on how to get the romance and how to make your marriage better than you've ever dreamed of. And so, man, I'm wanting to work in this area, work in the area, encouraging this, encouraging that. And and run. Don't just walk. Run. You're going to do it. Do it with all your might. Amen. On the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts. But steadily pouring yourselves out for each other. Not starting and stopping. Brother Ray, how long have you, Brother Ray, have you seen in the church starting and stopping, starting and stopping? But boy, when you see the people who steadily grow and continue. Pastor, I'm quitting. Why? Well, I got offended. Well, then maybe you ought to quit. If you get offended that easy? Come on, grow a backbone. I don't think I'm going back to church. Why? They hurt my feelings. Well, then hurt the devils. Get the devil back. Don't try to get them back. Grow a backbone. Mature. We're an army of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is saying. Don't get hurt and offended and just go down your own pathway. So many people today, you know what? I could have church all by myself. No, you can't. The Bible says, do not stop gathering together with believers. Yeah, but I'll go there. I'm going to get hurt. Well, you know what? You, you probably will. But take it like a man. Take it. Forgive. Love. And grow up. And grow up. And grow up. You know, I can give my boys sympathy for so long for what they're going through at school. But then it's finally, just shut up. Are you in second grade or are you in ninth grade? Ninth grade? Then shut up. It comes with ninth grade. I was there. And I graduated. He says, stop the starting and the stopping. Well, I think God wants me to be in this ministry. And then two months later, I think God wants me to be in this ministry. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be in this ministry anymore. Oh, God changes his mind that much, huh? Hello, church. This is discipleship. He wants to build a strong, established church that represents the kingdom, not the playhouse. Amen. This is not everybody loves Raymond or Russell. This is everybody loves Jesus. And there's not a Jezebel running this household. The Holy Spirit is running this household. And so there's areas here. Purpose. And I'll leave you with a scripture because I've been past my time. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. I had some good stuff. I'll give it to you later. 2 Corinthians 13, 11. The NIV says, aim for perfection. Write that down and make that your purpose. 2 Corinthians thirteen eleven. The NIV. 2 Corinthians thirteen eleven. The NIV. Say it with me. Aim, aim for, perfection. for perfection. perfection. Say it again. Aim Amen. for perfection. Perfection. Say it again. Aim for perfection. Say it again. Aim for perfection. Say it again. Aim for perfection. Amen. Aim for perfection. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Go for it. Peanut butter and jelly time. Amen. Aim for perfection. the armor of the lord on david told solomon stand like a man paul told him in the church stand up paul told him in ephesians stand having therefore all to stand there's got to be a new standing come up in the body of christ amen not only strong leadership strong believers Amen. Let's go ahead and stand then. Stand like a man. Hallelujah. Now we want this meat, brother. No, I don't. Huh. I don't have the office key. Where's... Oh, praise God. That's all right. I'll fix it. But anyway, don't worry about that. Somebody's just got to grow in perfection. <laughs> and it's not Brother Marvin. He's a blessing. He's got it together. Anyway, how many of you know God wants us to get it together? Amen? Amen. To grow, to mature in these areas for the glory of God. So I ask you, as we, let's just close our eyes and let's ask the Holy Spirit. He's our teacher. He's constantly with us. If you have a responsibility, and I believe that you here tonight are going to have a ministry, you need to have a ministry in this church. You need to get involved in different areas. I believe God is growing each and every one to be connected and to build each other up and be a part of each other. Let the Holy Spirit show you and, and find out what your passion is. I was going to give you some questions after a while about your purpose, your passion. We'll do that later on. But just let the Holy Spirit start ministering. What is your passion Your passion is your purpose. How does it benefit others? How does it benefit the body? How can the Lord use me in that area to build and to encourage and to uplift one another? Father, we just yield to you right now. And as Paul says, we are your prisoners. We're your servants. Not only your sons, but your servants. We desire to obey you in every area of our life. We desire to please you with a testimony that is strong in and out of the church, in and out of our homes. We desire to please You in our going out and our coming in. We desire, Lord, to just lift You up by the way we live and, Lord, by the actions and, Lord, by the things that we do for one another and for Your glory. Lord, I ask You for a body that You build us up to where we will have purpose and, Lord, we will complete the destiny You've put within each and every one of our hearts. You put us in this area, on this main highway, on a, as a light on a hill for purpose. We've been in the paper, and even today, our church is in the paper. Because, Lord, you have a plan and a purpose. Lord, I praise you that we're about ready to go into a new realm, that 10, Lord, next year, this year, new year, that we're starting Friday, is going to be the year of New Wales. And we're going into our 10th year as a church. And I think you were about to see things like we've never seen before. But Lord, we know that you are building us up to a position where we'll be able to handle not only the harvest, but the miracles and the blessings you'll send. Thank you for completing your work. Thank you that each and every one here sees that they have a purpose, even from their mother's womb. And they're not a vessel that to be thrown down and broken, but they're a vessel to give you glory in every area of their life. Lord, I just praise you and I thank you for it. And I thank you for moving in these areas as we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We love you. We bless you. Don't forget all the different programs we've got going on. We'll be here to pray with you if you have needs. Hug a neck, shake a hand, tell somebody that you love them. And we'll see you Sunday morning. Amen.